Hi, I'm Chris Spizak, and this is the Words You Should Know podcast. Welcome to the summer series of the Words You Should Know podcast, where no, I'm not going to go into the etymology of summer, dog days, and solstice. Been there, done that. But instead, we'll revisit the story stop tour events of earlier this year and popular episodes you may have missed from years past. This will be a seven-episode break, with new episodes resuming on Wednesday, September 22nd, 2021. So welcome to the encore of episode three, Franklin Roosevelt and Getting a Grip on the English Language, originally released September 29th, 2018. Enjoy the show. This is episode three, and it's time to take a step back. What am I doing here with this podcast? Here's a hint. It's more than teaching you that you want your football team to have a disinterested ref rather than an uninterested ref. And this podcast is more than making sure you know whether you should teach your dog to lay or lie down. Though, I'll get back to that second one. We all write, folks. We all use words. And you know what? We all make mistakes. It's called being human. It's called being busy, preoccupied, distracted by to-do lists and deadlines and family and technology buzzing all around us. But these details about our lives don't give us an excuse for sloppiness. Oh, this is where you might be expecting a grammar police moment, but please, let's step past that. Yelling at each other about comma usage and a misspoken less when it should have been few doesn't really solve anything. Yelling doesn't really solve much, so let's take some time to hash things out. And by that, I don't just mean by adding hashtags. Let's figure out why spilled beans with an ED on spilled and spilt milk with a T on spilt are both okay. Our language can be disorderly and oftentimes nonsensical. And that's where this podcast comes from. People have cared dramatically about the English language and its rules across time. And we need to continue this conversation. Ben Franklin suggested that we create a new 26-letter alphabet, dropping the letters C, J, Q, W, X, and Y, and adding in six new ones of his own creation. Of course Ben Franklin invented new ones. He was Ben Franklin. Now, altogether, this new alphabet would allow, he said, for a phonetic reading of the entire English language. Inspired by Franklin, though not going quite as far, Noah Webster did simplify a number of traditional spellings in his American Dictionary of the English Language published in 1828, such as removing the letter U from color, favorite, and honor, removing that E from axe. He also reversed the RE in theater and center, thus the differences between American English and British English were born. But my personal favorite is the story of Teddy Roosevelt. Speak softly and carry a big stick wasn't just a plan of foreign policy. It was also an English language rampage that just never got off the ground. Even though Andrew Carnegie, Mark Twain, and Melville Dewey, yes, that Dewey of Dewey Decimal System fame, they were all on the simplified spelling board that again took up that mission to make learning English easier for school children and immigrants with a desire to make English the world language of the future. 
Roosevelt issued an order in 1906 that all documents coming from the White House would follow his new spelling system. The matter went all the way to the Supreme Court, and in the end, it was shot down by a House committee, but not before a heated discussion of why through should not be spelled T-H-R-U. Don't you love this? A desire for order, clarity, simplicity. I absolutely get those moments, but the English language is a language of rebellion, or maybe I should say freedom, for better or for worse. Something people forget when they're getting worked up about things is that our language and its rules and its spelling have changed dramatically many times over. It's why spilled and spilt both work. It's why an emoji was the Oxford English Dictionary's word of the year in 2015. Seriously, this is the OED, the Oxford English Dictionary. The face with tears of joy might have made some grammarians have tears of their own and not always the joyful kind. The English language is fluid. The rules of today might not hold forever, and new words and phrases are added to the dictionary all the time. Language exploration and understanding is essential for stronger communication, but not grammar Nazism. May I tell you how much I loathe that wording, loathe with an E because L-O-A-T-H without the E means something else entirely? You can be particular and precise, but we must remain respectful, thoughtful, and kind-hearted. You can strive to do your best and not point out the mistakes of others. It's true in language and in life. Using our words well is about sharing ideas. It's about changing the world in big ways or minuscule ways. And this is my passing reminder that spelling minuscule correctly means that the word mini, M-I-N-I, is not actually in it. Our words let us communicate in every aspect of our lives, work and play, social and familial. The idea of writing should not scare you. Spelling, punctuation, dare I say, grammar? Communication shouldn't be something we groan about. It shouldn't be something we run away from. It's simply how one human being connects with another. Ideas, storytelling, evoking imagery and metaphor and actionable items and mission statements and manifestos. I'm not offering the answer that'll make the English language easier for all. Should I say that I'm no Teddy Roosevelt? But I'm offering you reminders of what you know or what you should know. I'm offering you a chance to do better because you can, we all can. Grammatical perfection is rare. Perhaps it's not even attainable, but elevating our language is doable. And I say, let's start now. For those of you with dogs, please teach them the command to lie down, not lay down. A friend of Ben Franklin, Mary Polly Stevenson, didn't care for his proposed new alphabet and spelling changes because, she argued, changing these spellings would mean losing the relationship between spelling and etymology between spelling and the history of words. I absolutely sit in Stevenson's camp. There are words we should simply know. Some of them simply require a bit of exploration, and that is what this podcast is all about. Are you curious or confused about the words you use every day? 
For more information on language news, trivia tips, and explorations, I invite you to sign up for my monthly newsletter at getagriponyourgrammar.com. That's also a great place for free downloads and to learn more about my books, Get a Grip on Your Grammar, the Novel Editing Workbook, and the Family Story Workbook. Thank you so much to those of you who have taken the time to review or rate this podcast. And if you haven't, why don't you just head over to wherever you listen and do so. I am so grateful for it. And as always, I invite you to share your latest writing updates or insights with me. I love hearing from you. Again, you can connect at getagriponyourgrammar.com. Until next time. Words. Language. Communication. We've got this.